0: What's up, everybody? It's Big Clit Energy. We're back again
1: with episode four.
0: Yeah. Four. Four. Yeah. Wow, shit. It's been four weeks. Popping now. them out. All right. Well, uh, today we are gonna do a little bit of a QA slash random rambling. Like we, we normally do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this one's got a bit more structure, not much, but uh yeah. Yeah. You just uh
1: answer the questions that you guys uh Responded with on Instagram.
0: And uh, yeah, we will get right into it.
1: So, the first question today, I got a,
0: a few good ones to start off with. Uh, we were asked, How do you deal with your partners when you're in such a body focused sport? I'm assuming this person's partner isn't or whatever. Okay. I said, They said, This is my first relationship with a man. Um, oh, this is my first relationship with a man that is so enthralled with the fitness world and I struggle as a beginner. So her partner's more into the world. She's just beginning. Okay. Um, listening, to, So she, talk, she struggles listening to him talk about other women's physiques, et cetera, and comparing herself to his Instagram feed of fitness influencers. And another question, do our partners ever fuck up and make us feel insecure or is
1: that just a personal issue? Okay, so I'm guessing what she's saying is like, He's been in the fitness industry a while mm-hmm. and he probably follows a bunch of like fit girls yeah. and it's like, look at her quads, look at her, yeah. you know? So maybe it's not necessarily like, oh, she's so hot. Yeah. And more so just like physique admiration. Yeah. I'm guessing that's what she's saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, that isn't something that I truly struggle with with Jason just because like I mean, he doesn't really get impressed by women, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. He doesn't really, and when he does, it's it's strictly a physique like critique or admiration. Yeah. So not when like he, he's hot, right? Yeah. Like, so when he's like, "Damn, look at her fucking like she's shredded" or yeah. "She's fucking huge," and like that, it doesn't bother me because I know it's not a sexual thing. Yeah. You know, even though I know Jason likes bigger women, he's not. Sexualizing her physique when he says says would those it, would of would it things. bother you if he did say no, the thing? No, it yeah. wouldn't. I tell yeah. him when I think a dude's hot, yeah, I'm like, got yeah. sexy as fuck." Yeah, or you know, like, or I'll even ask him. I'm like, "You think she's hot?" Or whatever, yeah. you know. And I think it's just because I trust Jason so much that, like, yeah. plus it's social media. So, it's like, it's all hi- a highlight reel. Yeah. They don't look like
0: that all the time. No.
1: Like,
0: I could post a photo where I look fucking like I post a little like reel the other day where, you know, I look pretty fucking good. Yeah. But did I look like that later in the day? No. Like, I feel it, <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Oh, I think I saw that post. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. That yeah. shit popped off.
1: Yeah. 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 I saw it. I
0: saw it. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you guys hear any snorts in the background, that's my dog Bruno. He decided that he could not live without me. Uh, for an hour with a little podcast. bit of yogurt on the whispers yeah he just had his dinner um <laughs> but uh i don't know i feel like that it's a very loaded question yeah it is because i feel like you're like the woman in question who asked this like you're in a tough spot because this is something completely new to you like you haven't been in this world like your partner has. that's true so you i mean to say it without better words like you probably look vastly different than the woman right that he's looking at on instagram right. are well established in the sport right of their respective discipline whatever right um so that's kind of like i would say that is a self-confidence issue
1: yeah i'm also to a point. i'm also wondering like are you lifting because you think that's what he wants you know what i mean like yeah. there's so much that goes into this question that it's like yeah. If you don't want to look like that, but you are specifically trying to be what he wants, I don't think that's really like a healthy relationship with lifting in general. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly.
0: Because you're not doing it for yourself, you're right? Doing exactly. it for somebody else. Exactly. And I feel like also too, like if it's if it's just in passing, like him just looking at what's on his feet or whatever, right, versus him being like, this girl's hot, this girl's hot all right, the time. Like right. is your partner being respectful about it right exactly and then at the same time you still have to look at yourself and be like am i freaking out over this or is this an actual issue that is
1: he's disrespecting yes yeah 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 exactly because there's a difference there's a difference difference. and i think it really comes down to the types of comments that are being made like is it just like strictly a from an athletic perspective yeah, or is it from a sexualizing the woman he's looking at perspective Yeah, and if he is sexualizing the woman then he needs to work on that and that's not necessarily something that she is doing wrong yeah you know what i mean yeah because like even when jason or i say like someone is attractive or someone is hot like it's not an everyday occurrence yeah like well, it's it doesn't go further than that. no it's like oh this person's hot yeah, and then like, oh, i move cool. on with my fucking day exactly. yeah you know so uh i think that there's just so much that goes into this question that i don't really know how to answer it because i don't know the exact situation you know what yeah, I yeah mean? yeah but it all comes down to like
0: is your partner being respectful yep is this coming from a deep-seated insecurity of yours or right. past trauma within another relationship right. that you were previously in mm-hmm. and yeah yeah like yeah it's there's a lot of uh factors that go into that and i think it's up to you to identify to the core what that is
1: right absolutely so
0: yeah i hope that, that i helps. hope that helps a little bit yeah if, it also if this person is you know still listening and wants to talk about it further i totally both of our dms are open
1: always um, open yeah
0: so uh second question how old is too old for bodybuilding and powerlifting to get started
1: and be good at i'm guessing <laughs> i'm guessing that's the question because yeah. i mean this truly, person is 28 okay 28 is not too old no uh I mean, if you want to be good at a sport, the earlier you start the better, obviously. But twenty eight is still young. Yeah. You know, most people who are competing at a high level are in their thirties. Oh yeah. You know, like uh the men are in their forties. Yeah. Sean yeah.
0: Jordan was forty something when he won
1: the Olympics. Exactly. Right? Is- yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't even I mean, know his that's exact shape. Yeah, he's a age. male, so I guess so that's So women, not... it's a, women, it's a little bit different, but uh the women do tend to be a little bit younger. But most people at the top are in their 30s. Yeah. I mean, even, even the figure Olympians, I will say there's a lot of them in their like upper 20s, but yeah, that's just because it doesn't take as much muscle to put on to get there than it would like female bodybuilding. Yeah, you see what I mean. Yeah. So like, uh, it like, doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that like you can't do it. Yeah. At an older age, dude. Twenty eight is so fucking young. Oh yeah. So like, you're at a great time. To it also start.
0: just like depends on how much fucking effort you're willing to put into it. Like if being an elite level body uh, bodybuilder or powerlifter is your goal, then like you kind of know the steps that you got to do and the sacrifices you need to make in order to do that. Because there is a lot of sacrifices
1: that you have to make in order to be at the top of your of any game. Right. So yeah, I mean, and your genetics also play a part in that too. Yeah. You know, I've seen people with great genetics reach the top in two to three years. Yeah. You know, and what you're 30 at that point, that's still literally the beginning of a career.
0: Exactly. So,
1: uh, 28 is not too old. Absolutely not. I would say you, when you start reaching your late thirties is when you start getting to the point where it's going to be hard to start yeah that's that your late 30s
0: especially if you haven't
1: if you want to be at the top yeah
0: especially if you haven't like uh been training for a long time either mm-hmm. like if you're 35 and just getting into training yep you're not going to have as much muscle maturity as you would if you started at like
1: 25 yep absolutely so absolutely yeah
0: but again all comes down to the effort that you're willing to put in in order to reach those goals um yeah so i don't think it's too late same with powerlifting too. Like some of the top powerlifters are in their 30s like the girl that I compete with uh Chrissy Hawkins who's like the best 165 powerlifter of all time one of the best powerlifters regardless of gender of all time and she's
1: 40 yeah and she's still competing and she's still amazing i think 30s is like your prime when it yeah. comes to like muscle sports i think 30s cuz then you have had enough time to put muscle maturity on strength all of it you know and you've truly matured and then you will reach your peak yeah that's what i think
0: for sure um for bodybuilding Mm -hmm. uh how does someone decide what division their body is best for
1: Mm. okay
0: loaded question again it is a loaded question (laughs) uh
1: it's hard because it's really dependent on someone's shape ability to put on muscle uh desire to take gear or not take gear you know uh if you have a you tend to have more of a muscular physique as a woman and you tend to be a little bit more bubbly you know thicker woman you're not going to want to do something like bikini no you know like you bikini tends to be for smaller women more petite women uh those are the people that do well in bikini if you want If you want to try to do bikini, it's just gonna be hard. And to be honest, you won't do very well. Like someone like myself, I could never do bikini. Yeah, I do not have the structure or build for it. Yeah, I'm a more muscular and thicker woman. That's why I tend to lean towards figure and maybe physique, you know? Uh, But that is based on my ability to put on muscle, my shape, my size, uh, and my want to take gear.
0: So I guess in terms of size, like going up the ladder is it bikini
1: figure physique and women's bodybuilding. Yeah that's kind of the order. Yes, it's bikini wellness now. Oh yeah. Which is right. bottom heavy women. Yeah. So women who tend to grow their legs and their butt really easily, mm-hmm. but uh their upper body doesn't grow as much, which I've seen happen with a lot of women. They will fit into that division. Yeah. Figure is a more balanced physique, uh bigger back, bigger legs, bigger, <laughs> wider shoulders. Um if that is kind of where you hang around that type of physique, then that's what you're going to want to do is figure. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to be even bigger and more muscular, then you're going to move towards physique and mm-hmm. women's bodybuilding.
0: Okay. Is physique still balanced like figure? Yeah. Like it's just bigger?
1: Yeah. So, okay. The difference between figure and physique is physique women definitely tend to be bigger, more muscular, mm-hmm. but they're also leaner and drier. Okay. So, like, if you were to look at a figure woman on stage and a physique woman on stage, a physique woman should have more striations, more veins, drier looking. You know, be able to see more muscle. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't necessarily mean they have to be bigger, though. It just means that they have to look more muscular.
0: Their conditioning is just crazy. Yeah. And then bodybuilding is just like women's
1: bodybuilding physique plus. Yes. (laughs) Women's bodybuilding. That's when you take size into account. Yeah, you know, okay. like if someone like me went up there for women's like bodybuilding, yeah, they'd be like, "What the fuck is Which this?" Which is wild because you're <laughs> huge. <laughs> but you know, that's just that it—that it, is something that is probably the only female division that really does take size yeah. into. It How now. does she weigh right now? Right now, yeah, I'm one seventy seven. So if you were to do women's bodybuilding 200 you'd, yeah you'd have to be 200 210 yeah, yeah. and then to, cut down yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and i have to, i would probably have to be like 170 on stage yeah yeah holy shit yeah like 170 180 on
0: stage. that is insane i know how how tall are you two?
1: uh i'm five seven and three fours <laughs>
0: i feel like if you put it i mean all weight looks good if you put it on right but like
1: 200 i feel like wouldn't look bad on you if you you know i think i could do i think i'd be fine <laughs> uh, but i also i i think if it was 200 that was like the thickness that i am right now and more muscle yeah you know what i mean like uh i think i look great yeah but um i mean if i was like this muscular mus- mus- muscularity there we go <laughs> this muscularity with like Another thirty pounds of fat, then I don't think I'd look like yeah. you know what I mean? But I think if I put it on uh, at an even distribution, then
0: yeah. Yeah. So uh I guess that's a, a good segue into the next question though. Uh what are the mental effects of like talk about mental effects of gaining muscle in strength sports, like when you're not possibly comfortable with getting that big and like you have trouble finding clothes that fit and, mm. and shit like that.
1: Mm you How want do to take you, that one
0: yeah um i have never been a petite woman i think the last time me i was a, last time i was a size zero i was in like fourth or fifth grade. yeah me too yeah yeah and yeah. then once i got to like sixth seventh grade i kind of started becoming more womanly sixth
1: grade i was
0: 160 damn i, I was, just remember I'm a big bitch i remember i was like a size seven or 8 in, like, 8th grade. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I was, yeah. you know. Yep. I'm not, I guess, the, I'm bigger now, but, like, my size 7, 8 that I normally wear in jeans yeah. now is much different from when I was, you know, middle school. I'm obviously. a size
1: 13. No way. Yeah. Holy shit. When I buy jeans, it's a 13. Damn. Damn. I'm a big bitch. You are a
0: big bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. You fit into a 7? Like, it. I, it's like a 7 or 8. I think. I think the waist size is like a depending on it i can fit into 29 sometimes 30
1: but mostly 29 i can fit into 29 shorts
0: okay that makes sense. yeah Yeah. it's my
1: legs that i can't i know it's not my waist it's my legs
0: i can know a pair of jeans is going to fit as soon as it gets over my fucking foot
1: oh yeah me too me too (laughs) okay
0: normally i can pick it it up
1: i can pick it up and i'm like fuck no yeah. that's not gonna fit. i'm like trying to fucking stretch stuff yeah literally right. like, i'm like
0: eh. where's the little no. room in this place? no yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> do you i used to when i first got into lifting because i couldn't find brands that fit yeah i used to go to goodwill and buy men's jeans uh-huh. and then cut the yeah cut the jeans because that's the only way i could Shit. get things to fit me yeah it was a yeah. fucking pain in the ass but it's, it's, back uh, to the question yeah
0: it's a. Uh... I, I think the big turning point for me was like realizing that I love strength sports and lifting weights way more than I do about how, like what size mm-hmm. I am, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I still struggle with a little bit like it was just about six or it was less than a year ago that I finally accepted the fact that I am no longer a medium pin bottoms you know like yeah, shorts and yeah. shit. Like i'm an that. extra large because i so was like I get it. yeah i was like i'm riding these mediums until the fucking wheels fall. yeah 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 yeah. and then i uh, i put on a, these pair of shorts one day and i still refuse to retire them because they're still my favorite shorts ever and <laughs> whatever i like looked in the mirror one day and i was like this is not gonna cut it
1: yeah <laughs> like yep. these
0: are strictly upper body day shorts mm-hmm, so you know i can't mm-hmm. walk around the gym like this uh but i mean it, it's it's gonna be hard until you kind of like that comes with age, too, just, like, yeah. accepting who you are and, like, how your fucking body is built. Because, like, I'm not going to lie, I still cry every time damn near that I go clothes shopping. Like it, Really? Yeah, it fucking sucks because it's, like, my waist is, like, a medium. Yeah. But my shoulders and my arms are a larger, extra large. I know. So it's, like, I'm fucking walking around with T-Rex arms in this tight-ass jacket. And yeah. it's, like, yeah. It pisses me off.
1: So I learned um, when it comes to shopping, there are certain stores I don't go into. Yeah. Because if I go in there and I try fucking clothes on, I feel like a fucking whale <laughs> and i'm like oh my god i'm like everything is fucking too, like three sizes yeah, too like, small i get a large is, where were
0: these clothes made but yeah like- <laughs> i get a large
1: and it's literally like a small yeah and i'm like okay bitch who the fuck fits in yes yeah. who realistically yeah. who fits in like i still shop at forever 21 i love forever Twenty One,
0: but i have to be very selective about the type of material it is
1: oh yeah um i also the Forever Twenty One, their jackets. I go to the plus size department. Yes, I yeah. shopped in the plus size. Yeah, say, because yeah. Uh, okay, come on. No. <laughs> yeah. So I also normally don't buy sleeved things. Yeah. If you notice, I don't really yeah. wear a lot of sleeved things. I fucking was at our gym, Dragon's Lair, yeah. and I bought a medium shirt thinking, was "Oh, that male- the one that
0: you posted." Today? Yes.
1: <laughs> thinking a male size medium is gonna fit me. and It'll be good no that shit was way too small i put it on i wore it to the gym and i'm like jesus i'm suffocating in this thing. yeah
0: it's uh see i'm the opposite i like where now that i'm a little leaner yeah i don't mind wearing tank tops but i prefer wearing uh t-shirts because i'm so wide and, and tank tops are a little bit smaller Mm -hmm, on me just mm -hmm. naturally that that little fat pouch between your boob and like your shoulder yes yes yes. every time i see that and i'm like it's pretty much my pec muscle no it is you know like it's not like fat, but i see it and i
1: hate it i get it i
0: get it and i'll never get rid of it i see it well it's your fucking take i know so i like to (laughs) like make my sports bra wider wider so that's what i do right that's there. what i do
1: that's why i pull it up like that yeah all right little booby. yeah i'm like all right, yeah, I'm like, all right <laughs> now I'm fucking popping yeah I'm literally uh
0: but yeah you're just you'll accept it with time and if it's something that you really aren't willing to deal with train differently
1: yeah i mean it's also i think what you're looking at who you surround yourself with can have an effect on the way you view yourself. Yes. You know, so like I surround myself with like big bitches. Yeah. You know, like that's what I like to be around. That's who I am. If I'm surrounded by a bunch of really tiny girls, obviously like I'm going to be sitting there like, fuck, like I'm, I'm out of place and I'm uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. You're fucking Shrek. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: I'm Shrek with a bunch of Fionas. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it's like, fuck. But when I, I surround myself with nothing but muscular people, I fit in beautifully. I still feel feminine. I think I'm fine. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So I also make sure that I put myself in situations that I'm going to be okay. in. You know what I mean? And if I am around quote unquote normal people, it's all people that like, like the way that I look or supportive of my goals. So it's people that like, will, if a comment is made or something has my back, you know what I mean? So uh, I also don't look at shit online that makes me feel bad about myself. Yeah. Like I stopped doing that a long time ago. Yeah. You know, cause it just, there's literally no point for me to
0: That's, do that. That's uh, one thing I started doing recently on social media is like, if it doesn't serve me in any way or I don't care about what you're yep. doing, I started unfollowing people oh, and yeah. pages mm-hmm. and like. My life has gotten infinitely better better and I'm less angry by seeing stupid shit. It's like, you don't fucking owe these people a follow. No.
1: Give a fuck. Dude, the second I see someone post dramatic shit, like drama based shit and like arguing, I I unfollow. Yeah. I'm like, you are, I do not even want to waste my time looking at this shit. And if I look at someone, I, I don't anymore because I'm very confident in myself. But if I used to look at someone and it would make me feel bad about myself, I'd unfollow them too. Yeah. I'm like I don't need to sit here and fucking compare myself to fucking yeah. Barbie. Yeah. Like first off, she's not even a real person. Yeah. This isn't real. Yeah. You know, so it's like fuck you. I'm she's not gonna fucking follow you. Contoured. She's yeah. Fucking, exactly. Yeah. Photoshopped. Yeah. So it's like it's pointless. I don't do it. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of women that do.
0: Yeah. And
1: I think that also can have an effect on you being uncomfortable being bigger when you're muscular. Yeah. I think now too, though,
0: I I'm more okay with seeing that stuff though. Yeah. Because like it comes up on
1: your explore page
0: or whatever. Yes. And like.
1: I'm to the point where it's like, yeah, she's, she's hot. Yeah. But like, so the fuck am I? So am I. Yeah. You, know? you like, know, that's, that is where I've gotten to now because I'm now confident. Yeah. And I'm not insecure anymore. Yeah. When I was insecure, that is when I made those steps where I was like, I can't look at yeah. this stuff right now, you yeah. know? But now that I've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, you know what? Uh, a flower is beautiful, but so is a butterfly. Yeah. It's it just pretty in a different way. Yeah. From from you no, no, exactly. acknowledging
0: that someone else looks
1: good. Yes you she's a hot bitch yeah I'm a hot bitch too yeah exactly you know and you know what someone someone even though you think this person is the prettiest person in the world you're going to find someone that's like uh yeah you know exactly so it's like we're, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea Nah, and I sure as fuck I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not so yeah. I I get it you yeah know? but uh I mean it also helps for me that the the smaller women that used to make me insecure my husband doesn't like those women so like I would show him, like, she's so pretty. He's like, ew. She's so skinny. (laughs) And I'm like, that's right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, uh, one thing, too, that helped me as well is, like, like, accepting that I'm bigger is, like, lots of smaller women have come up to me in the gym and are, like, I wish I had your legs. Oh, yeah.
1: Me, too. All the time. Yeah. All the time.
0: And it's, like, like, we said in the episode before, like, someone's always going to want something that they don't have.
1: Yeah. Always. Always. I
0: could have. Maybe I want
1: blonde hair. Yeah. But if I fucking
0: get blonde hair, I'm, I'm going to want, want it something anymore. different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, I, <laughs>
1: yeah, Take it from someone who's had every single hair
0: color. Yeah. So, I mean, it all comes down to like, what what are you willing to sacrifice or become comfortable with in order to do the thing that you love? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, it's enjoying what you do is more important than a number on a scale or Mm -hmm. the size of your fucking waist or jeans or whatever the fuck yeah whatever and
1: embracing who you are
0: yeah like you can't you can't change your fucking like the way you're built no it's just not gonna happen you can i mean you can get a fucking bbl i guess whatever or like
1: stop training and let your muscles atrophy but i don't think that's gonna
0: be very fun for you
1: and remember we're all beautiful in our differences. Yeah, There is no one specific thing that is beautiful.
0: Exactly. So, uh, next question. What will life look like for you both health-wise once you're no longer competing, (laughs) such as hormones and stuff?
1: (laughs) What's you? Well, uh, I already have hormonal issues and it has nothing to do with bodybuilding. Uh, I had it long before I started bodybuilding. I have PCOS. So uh, that's something I have to deal with every single day. Um, and it was, is something that I'm going to have to deal with after bodybuilding, but I don't have to worry about the infertility issues that come with like gear because I already have those. Yeah. So it's like, I already have all the shit (laughs) that I would have to deal with if I wasn't careful. Yeah. You know? So it's like, I don't really have to worry about it, honestly. Yeah. You know? And I think as long as I'm careful about other things you know like my lipids and my kidney health and my liver health as long as i'm i monitor that which i do monitor it yeah several times a year uh i my health will be pretty much the same spot i'm in now yeah you know which is healthy i just have my issues yeah you know and that's genetic issues
0: yeah exactly what I, about you um i don't know like i that's a fucking that's a question that's making me look deep into the future it's like <laughs> You have I, you
1: ever thought about this or no?
0: Not really, mm. actually, because I mean, I'm so fucking young in my competing career and like who's to say this is the last sport that I'll compete in? I might start competing in bodybuilding. Right. But I don't know when that ends, but I know that with how educated I've made myself about my current choices, right, I know that those are only going to get wiser yeah. as time goes on. Yeah. So it's like I might be 40 something and I might not be running anything. You yeah. know, or, you know, I might be super fucking fit and still want to do shit, whether it's, you know, just looking good. Right. You know, oh, not, you know, like, bitch I might, I'm always going to want to look good. But it's like, as long as I'm getting blood work and doing all the things that I need to do and taking my supplements and vitamins every day, like I have always done, right, for, you know, as long as I've been really health focused, right in the past, you know, four to five years, I. I don't see my health really going negatively because I would never push myself to the point where I wanted to be the best so bad that it cost me my
1: health. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that people have this thought in their head that if they want to be good at this, they have to completely destroy their health. No. And it's not true. If you do this correctly, your health is going to be fine. I mean, sure, maybe you'll have like a few joint issues from lifting or whatever, yeah. you know, but not, not anything serious. You know, if you are getting to the point where your health is on the back burner because of whatever sport you're competing in, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Your health should be number one.
0: And at that point, are you really enjoying what you're doing?
1: Obviously not. If
0: your fucking health is shit. Yeah, if you're not even taking care of yourself, what are you doing this for? literally. Especially if this is all in the name of, you know, under the branch of fitness. You're not taking care of the fucking one thing that is
1: making you go. Yeah, (laughs) literally. Like... How are you going to compete if you're dead? Exactly. That's, I said that in like, I think our first podcast. Yeah. So it's health should always be number one. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like I, I'll never push myself to the point where I don't think I can recover from anything or that I have fucking heart issues and yeah. shit or <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I mean, come on. Yeah. And that's just stupid. Yeah. And that goes back to the fucking, we're always circling back to episodes. Cause I feel like we always talk about this shit, but like that is, your responsibility as the person who is either taking something or doing a sport, that is up to you to educate yourself on the risk and reward and what you're willing and not willing to do.
1: Absolutely. It is 100% yeah. your responsibility. Yeah. It's not your coach's responsibility, it is your responsibility.
0: Yeah. Your
1: coach should help guide you, yes. but ultimately, you hire some random person from the fucking internet. <laughs> And you're literally going to 100% put your health into your hands. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you're a fucking idiot if you do that. Yeah. Like, question them. Do your own research. Like, <sighs> yeah. I, I, I'm i amazed that there are people that are like, oh, just listen to my coach. Yeah. Well, you're a fucking dumbass yeah. if you do that.
0: Or asking questions that you could easily Google.
1: Yes. Oh, Google is God. free. Like,
0: there is, if, if you look up specific things, like, there is actually free case studies done yes. by universities. Hundreds and of them that are available if you just search for them
1: yeah if you're not a lazy fuck
0: yeah yeah so like fucking google some shit learn some shit on your own you know it's uh it's it's a lot of leg work like it's
1: it takes a long time yeah but, but it, when you do that you now have knowledge that you're not gonna fucking kill yourself yeah you know exactly like doing something stupid exactly
0: Okay, so next question we have is
1: how to overcome an injury. Oof. Uh, depends on the, on the strength of the injury, how bad it was. But I've had shoulder surgery myself, and that was a total fucking bitch to deal with. Uh, recovery was fucking terrible. But I think the most important thing when you have an injury is do the fucking... <laughs> exercises that the physical therapist gives you even though they're shit and they're terrible little band fucking workouts they suck they absolutely suck but they strengthen your tendons they strengthen all those (laughs) tiny little groups that you know you normally like neglect yeah uh they're important and you should do them also don't push yourself too quickly (laughs) bruno Bruno. (laughs) don't push (laughs) yourself too quickly and re injure yourself that is (laughs) in- <laughs> sorry my dog is just like jumping right in front of the camera Bruno. are you gonna sit you'll camera honk? okay
0: good boy good All boy
1: right. uh <laughs> make sure you're healed before you try to go and lift heavy again because i've seen people re-injure themselves trying to push back and go to the weight that they were yeah. lifting yeah before they're even healed and it- humble yourself Yeah, you do. Yeah. You really do for like a few weeks, maybe a few months, depending on how bad your injury is.
0: Yeah, definitely. I have a, oh, I guess I had one kind of more major injury when I was like 19, maybe or so. I had a slipped or yeah, a slipped disc in my L5 that I had to get a a injection in my fucking spine for because Mm. the pain was just like miserable.
1: Was it a, what type of injection? Was it like a cortisone? Cortisone? Yeah.
0: Dude, that- fucking needle in my spine to numb it first. Oh, oh my god. oh I mean, I'll be prepared if I ever have an epidural. Oh, I have a fuck, that sounds terrible. It was so piercing and sharp and oh my god, I felt like my spine was splitting in half. But um like do the physical therapy shit. Like if you're educated enough or if you are around individuals who are educated enough, ask them as well. Obviously, you know, consult with your doctor or PT before, but like There's lots of other shit that you could do like for my, I guess, back injury, you could say like I did extra core work. Like Mm. I went out on my own besides the PT shit that I was doing. I would go to the gym even when I couldn't do much. Right. And I would just sit there and I would do planks. I would do crunches. I would do little body weight stuff that I knew wouldn't like aggravate me, but would give me some sort of stimulus. Like, And I feel like uh, women are a bit more smart about this. (laughs) Than men because like Joe, he broke his fucking arm, but like a few weeks later, he went and squatted with oh the SSB like nine oh five with a fucking arm cast on,
1: like an idiot. Wow. He, or yeah, it was after surgery actually. So he had, yeah,
0: so uh, that's that
1: pushing, trying to go back to where you were before you're ready. Shit, I was just
0: talking about. Yeah, exactly, and uh I, it depends on like it depends on what injury it is, you know, like. Did you tear a quad? You know, yeah. did you fucking slip a disc? Right. Or, you know, did you strain something? Um Yeah, it's you just have to humble yourself and kind of it sucks, but you kind of have to start back at square one. And if you if you do the things that you need to do and you strengthen all those little muscles around said injury, yes. you're way more likely to have a way quicker Recovery. Yeah, and turnaround time and get back to what you were doing than if you just either fucked off and didn't do the shit that you were going to do, therefore prolonging your rehab time. Right. Or just going balls to the wall and thinking that you're invincible. Right. So, um, but other than that, like I haven't really had many injuries, but I also accredit that to not only following a program and, and smart training, but I'm a pussy. Like if something (laughs) starts hurting, I oh. will scrap the session.
1: Oh, me too. Like I'm the
0: same fucking way. There's been plenty of times where I'm like, uh, I don't know. My knee is starting to really hurt on squats. Yep. yep. I'll scrap the session and either go way, way down and weight and just get some sort of stimulus for reps, or I'll just go straight to accessories.
1: Yeah. So, uh, my shoulder surgery that I had was long for bodybuilding it was when I was playing sports. Uh, and I threw my shoulder out three times before I went and I got surgery and it was, volleyball and softball twice and it was Jesus. just throwing rotator cuff just i popped. i fucking tore a 180 degree tear in my labrum oh it was fucking nasty it was terrible God. i would lift my arm up and it would literally just fall out of socket it was so bad holy shit but uh within lifting and bodybuilding i actually have never had an injury um and i i i agree because that's how i am yeah i literally if there's if my knee tweaks even just a little bit because i don't really i don't use knee sleeves i don't use a belt even yeah like i literally just lift damn so like if something feels off i i stop yeah you know like i would much rather have a shitty workout than fuck myself and ruin myself for the next six months there's no reward in that no there's not well, you just I'm just going to, I'm going to bust this out. I'm fucking strong. Yeah. No, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. You know, like if there's, if your back is fucked and you go and try to squat heavy, you're an idiot. Yeah. You are an idiot. It you're takes gonna hurt more yourself.
0: strength to step away from
1: yes, doing something
0: does. than it ever does to just push through it.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Like, and also that, that comes to with like you, if you are unsure about your form you need a coach who is educated and Mm -hmm. who won't just give you a pat on the back and say that looks good
1: yep so uh fun fact i don't deadlift at all i told you that yeah i do not deadlift and bodybuilders and and it's it's not because i don't know how to deadlift yeah you know like i coach people in how to deadlift you know i have through all my personal training sessions it's just i am not comfortable with the movement yeah like I personally don't really like it. Yeah. And my back is so dominant that it's not something I really need to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I had a really weak back, I'd probably be like, all right, bitch, like buck up and fucking deadlift, (laughs) you know, but my back is so strong that like, I'll, I'll do rack pulls sometimes, Yeah, you know, but like, I have such a strong posterior chain that I don't need to deadlift. Yeah. You know, and it's not something I'm really like confident in doing myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel off when I do it. Mm -hmm. So I don't do it. Yeah. That's just how it, that's how I did, that's how I work. Yeah. You know, and I didn't squat for three years because I was so off when I would squat. I would turn like this. So, like, shit. So, my first coach that I had, we were doing a training session and we were doing barbell squats and he was like, Jesus. (laughs) And I was like, what? And he took a video of me. You know, this is fucking years ago. Yeah. He took a video of me and I was squatting. My knee would dip in and I would turn like this. Oh yeah. But I felt like I was fine. Yeah. You know, and for me to squat and actually get a workout in, I needed to put weight on. Yeah. And me squatting with shitty form with a bunch of weight on is a stupid idea. So I took years off barbell Mm -hmm. squatting. And I really perfected my form with machines, strengthening my knees, strengthening Mm -hmm. my ankles, you know, getting more comfortable with uh, my flexibility because my flexibility was terrible. And eventually I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to fucking barbell squatting again. And I would record myself every single session. Yeah. Because I was like, I really need to make sure that my fucking form is good. Yeah. You know, and now I'm super comfortable squatting. But uh, I didn't for a long time because I really just wasn't fucking comfortable with it. You know? I
0: always advocate for people to film themselves.
1: Yeah. Lifting. I still do. And yeah. I don't li- care what it is. No. I I
0: will pick that shit apart and yep. I know what I need to do next time. Yep. Literally. Or have someone else do it. If yeah. I, don't know.
1: I have someone, like, I have people come up to me in Dragon's Slayer all the time and they're like, do you want me to record you? And I'm like, no, no, no. no. This is a form. Yeah. This I'm is not for recording Instagram, for Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I'm literally recording because I'm trying to see my form. Yeah. You know? So I, I still do it. Yeah. It's especially like uh, say I'm doing fucking like lateral raises and there's no fucking mirror right yeah. there. Like I, I need to see my form, yeah, you know? Exactly. So, uh, absolutely record yourself.
0: Yeah. That helps a lot. Like
1: it lets you know what the fuck you're doing. Yep. Right. And if you have a coach, a good coach, you can send that video to your coach and say, Hey, what am I doing wrong? Exactly. You know, which most of my clients do. Yeah. Do that with someone that you
0: respect. Not just, not just the strongest person in the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, because oh, your strength god. is your strength is not a qualification. Nope. For anything. Nope. How do you uh so next question How do you deal with bad coaches? What do you think
1: about bad coaches? Oh my like, god. How do I deal with them? What do I think about them? Um, yeah. well there's a lot of fucking bad coaches. There is unfortunately more bad coaches in the industry than there is good coaches in the yeah. industry. Um, and that goes for bodybuilding, powerlifting, lifestyle, uh-huh. fucking everything and uh it it sucks because (laughs) i see so many people who want to do something Mm -hmm. and go to someone for guidance Mm -hmm. and the person who's giving them guidance has no fucking idea what they're doing yeah you know and it sucks because it's like as a a coach who does know what they're doing you want to be like hello blah 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 fucking sucks yeah like do not go to this person they will fucking ruin you yeah but at the same time it's like do i really want to fucking go out on social media and blast these people, yeah. you know?
0: That's just a whole other ballgame in itself. That it, it is. So much fucking work. Yeah, it does. Yeah.
1: It really does, because now you're fucking in this drama and yeah. da, da 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 There's no,
0: like, like, list of coaches where it's like, don't go to these
1: people. Do you know I thought about, okay, I thought about doing this. Hey, no one steal this from me. <laughs> I thought about doing this, but in college... Have you ever seen Rate My Professor? Yes. I thought about doing it for coaches. Ooh. Like an app, like a Rate like My a, Coach. Yeah, and you can be anonymous if you like. Yes. Yeah. No, you can absolutely be anonymous. Ooh. And you can log in and put a coach in and people can leave their rating on That
0: would put a lot of people out of business.
1: I know it would. But you know what? I, I'm going to be honest. You can go to every single client that I have ever worked with and I guarantee you, you will not get a review yeah. that says, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, there might be someone who's like she was a little too harsh on me, and it yeah. didn't work, you know. Which that's fine. That's you know, you're not you know. gonna mess with everybody. Yeah, exactly. It's personal relationships, but uh, I have will. You'll never have a terrible review like that from me. So I would be yeah. fucking happy to get this fucking app go. Yeah, you know, because it's like I'm gonna play devil's advocate here though. Yeah, because go ahead. like
0: there are like in any industry, let's just say you know bodybuilding and powerlifting. There are these top coaches. Mm -hmm. They are the people that a majority of people are coached by. Yep. But at what point does that
1: good coach become a shitty coach because they have too many fucking clients? Oh, I think it happens all the time. All the time. All the time. I think when you start getting to the point of having 200 clients for one person, how do you even, if you don't have an assistant, it's impossible. You have to have like an, in, like you'd have to clone yourself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, so uh, I can imagine going through a hundred check-ins
1: a day. I, I know. Uh, well, so, so, okay. Blue Taylor, this is Jason's coach. Uh-huh. He has, I think he has like 300 clients. And so the way he does it is he gives people, my coach does this too, Johnny. He gives people specific check-in days and it's throughout the whole week. Yeah. So it's not like they just work two days a week. Yeah. Like normal coaches. You just never have to, a fucking day off. Right. You never have a day off. And they also like blue, dude. He'll be up for like three days straight. Like he stays fucking up until everything gets up.
0: I'm money motivated, obviously, but not I don't that. I would <laughs> I'm actually, not money motivated. I, yeah, like that, I don't want to awesome. have that many clients where I don't have a life. I choose what I do because I can make my own schedule yes. and if I got to a point where I wasn't able to have a
1: personal life or I was
0: always worried about my clients, it wouldn't be fun to me
1: anymore. Right. Okay. So you do this because it allows you to live the life that you want. Yes. That's why I do it. Yeah. I coach. One, I love coaching. Yes. You know, but it's also a job that allows me to be a bodybuilder, you know, and it allows me to have freedom in my life. Having your own business allows you to have freedom. Yeah. I don't care if I'm a millionaire. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. Do I want to be a millionaire? Yeah. Duh. Everyone does. As long as I can buy the things that I want and do the things that I want to do what, when I want to do it, I'm happy. Look, okay. I'm an athlete. Yeah. First and foremost, I am an athlete. Yes. I'm not a businesswoman. Yeah. Am I a businesswoman? Yes. Yeah. But the first hat that I put on in the morning is an athlete. Yes. So That's the first thing I think about. Exactly. What so, time am I gonna train? I gotta get my meals. Exactly. And all shit. So yes. that will always be the number one important thing in my yeah. life in terms of goals and stuff. Obviously, my marriage. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like that's my personal goal. That is the number one thing. Is I'm an athlete. Yeah. You know, and I am a businesswoman, so I can be an athlete. Yes.
0: Does that make sense? Ex- exactly. Yeah. Like it's, I w- like I can train at any time that I want to. Right. But like I can go out. Like today, I spent $300 on a fucking rug and I can do that because like I'm <laughs> I, i I'm living the life I want to live. And yes. once it gets to the point where it's like I can't, I don't have any, anything to do besides train and fucking check in with clients. It's like that sounds miserable to it, me. It, it That's is why I will always have a cap on my clients or like. Just now, I have a hold on any new clients right now
1: because I am focusing on my meat. Yeah. And once my yeah. meat is done, then I will reopen my books. So yeah. like Oh, yeah. This I, is I literally tell my clients when I'm competing not to check in. Yeah. I'm like, do not check in this yeah. week. I won't look at it. Yeah. Unless you are on prep. You know, if you're a lifestyle person, don't check in with me. Yeah. If you're on prep, I will answer your check-in when the show is over yes you know but for the most part if you're just fucking like a lifestyle person bro you're you're good with one week not checking yeah. with me. you know yeah unless it's an emergency obviously
0: obviously like yeah there's there's like you know nuances yes to it and yeah shit like that. there's
1: it's not always one yeah one rule but uh i think the problem with a lot of these coaches is they are so money motivated that's yeah. the only thing they care about yeah they care about the fancy cars yeah they care about the fucking stupid chains the they image. care about yeah, no it is yeah. it's all about their image yeah and they neglect their clients because the only thing they truly care about is themselves yeah i see it all the fucking time yeah, it's the materialistic part of yes it. Yeah. yeah and i'm i'm sorry but i'm really not a materialistic person yeah i am not
0: i like to have nice things but like
1: I like I a nice ra- house. Yeah. I would That's rather
0: take a trip somewhere
1: than That's, buy a yeah. bag. Oh yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather go out and have a fucking table with my friends yeah. and twerk on fucking shack yeah. than fucking yeah. go buy a Louis Vuitton bag.
0: I'll go on DH gate for that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll get my little $40 fake Prada purse. Watch and, out. And be at the goddamn table with yes, my bottles exactly. my friends. Yep. Exactly. Like, yeah.
1: And you know what? You're going to be walking around broke because you spent all your money on your fucking purse that you couldn't afford. So now you can't get the table. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I I like to spend money on uh, experiences. experiences. Memories. Yes. Yes. Things I can look
0: back at. Yes.
1: I don't care what I'm wearing. Yeah. I'm wearing sheen, bitch.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And it was $2. (laughs) And I'm going to throw that shit away in six months and buy a new wardrobe. Exactly.
1: And you know what? I still look hot as fuck.
0: Exactly. That that shit's going to go out of
1: style at some point. Exactly.
0: Obviously, you know, I would like to buy myself, I would like to be in a position to where like, if I really wanted a bag and it yeah. was like a, a timeless yeah. classic piece that wouldn't go
1: out of style or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, to do that. I mean, I think, uh, <laughs> I, don't like, <laughs> I don't really like talking about finances too much, but yeah. I think I'm at a point where if I did want a bag, I could go buy it and it wouldn't be an issue for me. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, cool. I just bought this fucking bag. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know like i don't there's also that panic where it's like "Fuck! i just spent two thousand dollars on one item yeah i know a, yeah, i know, Fuck. I, know. Yeah. I know and i think honestly what i really want to do and the thing that i want to spend a lot of money on in the future is i want to buy jason his dream car oh i wow. know what's his dream car well he How wants it? a mclaren <laughs> Fuck! i know but he comes out with like oh this car is cool this car is cool i would really love to buy him a mclaren but I don't know we'll see, we'll Bitch, see. you
0: gotta get 200 clients that,
1: <laughs> I know okay like, well well but how you know much
0: are those are those like a, yes like yes in- yes <laughs> they're stupid
1: they're stupid but uh if I have multiple businesses going you know and I have passive income yeah then things like that can happen yeah you know exactly so
0: it's all about the passive income
1: yes yeah because then you can live the life that you want yeah exactly yeah. All right. Uh, I think we got off topic with yeah. the bad coaches, but yeah. Uh, but
0: yeah, bad coaches fucking suck. Like
1: there's a lot of them. My biggest, my biggest, uh, advice for finding a coach is one, talk to the coach, but also talk to their clients yes. and their ex clients. Yes. That's who, what I've done.
0: Yeah.
1: I, every coach I've ever had, I have spoken to multiple of their clients yeah. and multiple of people who don't work with them anymore. Yeah. And I, anyone who wants to sign up with me, I tell them, talk to my clients, talk yeah. to my ex clients, ask me any questions. Yeah. You know, coaches should be open and to showing you their clients. Yes. Because if they're not, something's wrong. Yeah. Something's fishy. Okay. I'm going to just say that. Yeah.
0: If you're giving this person, you know, a hundred, two, three, sometimes even up to like fucking $700 a month, yep. depending on what you're doing. Yep. Uh, You want to do your research. Yeah. You want to know that money money is going to get used fucking $300 is a goddamn car payment.
1: Yeah. It is on the low end. It is. (laughs) And also. As we were talking about earlier with responsibility, you know, of taking the time to learn things for yourself. The reason you do that is so if your coach that you hired the random person off the internet does something that you don't agree with, you know, already first and foremost, that was the wrong decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like say I hire a coach who puts me on fucking testosterone and trend, right? 10 weeks out from my show. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, I'm like, yo, I'm not doing this, you know? And that's because I did the research to understand this isn't something I should be doing, you know? But if you don't do that and you just trust your coach, how are you going to know? I think also a a quality of a good coach from a bad coach is that
0: if you ask questions, they will not be annoyed and they will give you a straight answer. Yes, yes. Because if they're dancing around shit or even can't admit that they don't know something. Oh, yeah. Which I think is huge because I've said to clients that oh, I don't know too. something. Me too. And either I ask
1: somebody else, I research it myself, and I come yep. back with an answer. Yep. I There have been... few. There have been a few times where someone has asked me something like just somewhere like at a left park, something. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't really know. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Let me do some research. Let me get back to you. Or let me talk to someone and then I'll get back to you. I have way you. more respect for someone that does that than someone that pulls something yes. out of their ass. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Even if my coach, if I asked my coach a question who and my coach is supposed to be one of the best in the right. world. And he was like, you know what? I don't know that. Let me get back to you. Yeah. I'd be like, Fuck yeah yeah thank you instead of sitting here trying to pull something out of your ass and give me the wrong answer yeah you know exactly
0: yeah that's that's a fucking big thing too also like if you there are some clients who are just robots and they'll fucking eat dirt or do whatever if you fucking ask them of it and that's great but i think the biggest takeaway is that like you should like whether you work with them currently or not, you should be able to say, I have learned something from them. Oh yeah. I'm not just following a program. I'm just not eating a meal plan. Right. I know why I'm eating this. I know how my body responds to this or why I need a complex carb right now versus a simple carb or things like that. And that's how you eventually, if you like the sport enough can become a coach one day. Once you have the qualifications and once you think that, you know, a little bit versus just fucking, looking at a document and saying okay this is what i'm doing
1: yeah literally which i know a lot of people fucking do because
0: i did that for my first like year of powerlifting i didn't know what the fuck i was doing like i just did what was on my little sheets right sheet thing my my excel document or whatever and you know i didn't know i knew i had like had an idea okay like i'm doing this pause here because like i need to be better off the floor or whatever the fuck or i need to have more control on the way down but it's like i don't know why i need this and and when i need this right
1: so that's also a big thing as well yeah my my first coach tony tony absthetic shout out (laughs) uh he taught me a lot he even helped me my first client i ever coached i would run every meal plan through him i would send it to him like how does this look yeah you know and then i went to school for nutrition Mm -hmm. so like then i you know i had a base understanding and then i learned more on top of it but uh he was yeah. one of my mentors yeah. you know and he's still someone yeah. he actually half lives in vegas half lives in san Diego. oh really you'll meet him one day yeah. yeah but um that's what a coach should do yeah you, you know? have to like i i've heard before like you
0: don't have to vibe with your coach in a personal level you absolutely have to yeah you, if you do. guys are speaking different fucking languages it'll never work out nope like it never will you know like every coach that i've had in the past it, it it's not just uh okay this is what i did this week or this is what i'm doing today like there there is always to some level some personal development of relationship within a coach client relationship and there should be it's there should as long as it's appropriate between a paying client and you know the person of authority aka your coach don't be sending no news yeah so (laughs) yeah there's there's a lot that goes into having a good coach there's a lot that goes into having you know or identifying shitty
1: coaches yeah and I think it's also especially important for someone who like myself. So I have anxiety disorder and panic disorder. I immediately told my coach, my first, this, the coach that I just hired, I told Johnny, I was like, yo, I was like, this is what I struggle with. If this isn't something that you can understand, like I need to know, Yeah, you know, because like I need someone who gets this Yes, and luckily he did understand it. But, uh, it's, if you also have, you know, like mental health struggles or other struggles in life. You need someone who's going to help and work around those. Yes. You know? Because if you don't tell your coach and you're like, hey, I, I didn't train all this week because I just wasn't feeling good right. enough.
0: Your coach is going to think you're a piece of shit. Right. They Absolutely. need to know everything. Right. Yep. Even if you're on like medications. Yeah. Everything. Everything. You literally have to tell your coach everything. Yeah. My coach knows everything. And if that's something that you're not comfortable divulging to your coach, then it's not going to work out. Nope. You need a new coach. Yeah. Yep. Someone that you do feel comfortable with. Yep. Letting them know those things those personal things about you um yeah so uh next question and we're gonna do a another episode in the future related to hormones and shit it's just something that i don't really just want to spitball off the cuff because this is a very serious topic that you know we're talking about and that people might you know take to heart and might follow the advice that we give so we're gonna like write some notes have a more uh in-depth q a related to hormones so that we're you know, more prepared for you guys and give you guys good content. Right. But with that being said, one of our questions is um, the like training around your periods and possible effects of hormonal birth control on training. Mm. So I, I still have my menstrual cycle. You haven't had your menstrual cycle for like a year and a half. Damn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been a while. I've gotten this question uh, recently about training while you're on your period. And like some will say i mean this might be like a little hot take but i don't think that you need to adjust your training that fucking much when
1: you're on your period i think so i think it also depends on the type of periods that you have yeah so uh a lot of women who weight train sometimes will have uh issues with our hormones uh-huh. um especially if you're taking like gear and stuff yeah. like that but a believe it or not a healthy period is literally like three days and it's normally like kind of heavy for one day and then it's normally really light and then you're off yeah that is what a healthy period mine is like four days max but the fourth day is like
0: spotting kind of
1: like i'm at the end of it yeah yeah so that most women don't have periods like that so uh i i mean i have girls who their period takes them out yeah, Like, they're like, I can't get off the couch, yeah. like, and I get it. I know? used to be that way, actually.
0: Yeah. So, you know what's interesting? I got the copper IUD, so the non-hormonal one. Yeah. And the side effects were, like, you're going to have more painful periods, like, your flow is going to be heavier. And I already had, like, debilitating cramps before. Like, I would miss school. Like, I had to lay on the couch with the fucking heating pad on me. Mm-hmm. Like, I've mm-hmm. been
1: through it. But ever since getting the IUD, my periods have been lighter and I don't get cramps anymore. It's so weird because sometimes things that you think that people say make things worse, they don't. Yeah. So it's for you. Yeah. You know, exactly. so it's all individual based. So course. for example, uh, as I said earlier, I have PCOS for people who don't know what that is. That's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, my hormonal issues with that are mainly with my uh, FSH. But we don't have to get into all the hormonal we'll breakdown that of that it. We'll do episode. that another episode. But uh, my estrogen and progesterone were really, really low. But my estrogen was higher than my progesterone was. So my doctor put me on progesterone-only birth control. Mm-hmm. And it fixed almost all of my symptoms with PCOS. I'm not going to say fixed because obviously it's a Band-Aid. Yeah but uh it made my which was my biggest issue with pcos was the pain so yeah. i had intense abdomen pain okay like all day every day uh-huh. i thought fucking, i had an ulcer i thought uh i i mean i went through everything Damn. i got a fucking uh, colonoscopy because I, they thought maybe it was something with my intestine Ooh. like i was in so much pain and i could never figure out what it was and then i finally went to my doctor and i was like yo bitch like okay <laughs> I don't get a period. <laughs> Yo, bitch. And, Well, no. I was like I, I she was actually really yeah, good. She was like, a Something new, ain't right. Yeah, she <laughs> was a new doctor that I had. Yeah. And so I just laid it out and I was like, "Look, I don't get a period. Maybe I'll get one or two a year." Yeah, You know, like uh it's been like this since I was fucking 16. 16 years old was when I got my first period. Oh, Lasted wow. for Oh. Oh. I was 12. Okay. So I'll I'll get Terrifying. into that in a second. But so I I just told her I was like, "I'm fucked up. Something's wrong." You know? And I was like, can I get an ultrasound? Yeah. And she was like, Yes, absolutely. She's like, You should have had this years ago. She didn't know because uh. she was a new doctor. So I go, I go and I lay down. I'm talking to the lady, you know, it's a vaginal ultrasound. So they shove a plastic fucking penis <laughs> up you. And I'm fucking laying there, you know, she's going up, moving it around, and she's talking, and then all of a sudden she gets really quiet. And I'm like, oh fuck. I'm like this bitch found something, <laughs> and I'm like, great! I'm dying of cancer, you know. Yeah. And then she's like, she doesn't really talk for the rest of it, and I'm looking at the screen trying to see what I can't read an ultrasound. Can't read that. And she's like, she's like, okay, uh, your doctor's going to call you, and she's going to go over the results. And I'm like, ah, here we fuck. go. <laughs> I'm like, great. Yeah. So I get a call from my doctor, and she's like, okay, so you for sure have PCOS, and I'm like, I do, and she's like, oh yeah. So apparently. I have these tiny little baby cysts Mm -hmm. all over my ovaries, all over my uterus, all over all of my reproductive organs. So the cysts also grow on your fallopian tubes, Uh which are tiny little tubes. So apparently what the pain that I was experiencing was the cysts were growing and blocking the tubes. So when an egg tried to drop from my ovaries, the eggs couldn't push through. So I have like, (laughs) they're building up. Yes. I, so... (laughs) They stopped counting at 12. So I did, I have way more than 12. Like they were like, you have tons of eggs stuck in your fallopian tubes. Wow. So that's why when I say I have infertility issues, I mean, my shit is not getting pregnant. Yeah. I can't even get an egg down there. Yeah. So uh, they put me on the progesterone to stop me from ovulating, mm-hmm. to, stop, to try to stop the eggs from dropping. Yeah. To stop the buildup of the eggs. Yeah. So that was the point of me getting on the progesterone. Would you have to get like surgery to get? those out? um i'm not sure uh i don't really know i didn't really go in depth with it because i don't want children yeah so i was like i don't really give a fuck yeah. you know uh but i don't really know what would have to happen in order for me to like try to become fertile mm-hmm. i also have pcs mm-hmm. which is pelvic congestion syndrome so you know varicose veins mm-hmm. i have them all over my uh uterus wow so uh i don't get blood flow a lot of blood flow yeah. to yeah so I, that's what I mean when I say, like, I'm really, like, inhospitable. Yeah. Like, it would be really, really hard for me to have a baby in there. Yeah. With a lack of blood flow. And I can't even get a fucking egg down there. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's uh a fucking yeah. mess. It's a complete mess. But my periods, when I first got my period, I was 16. Mm-hmm. And I had it for six months. Woo. Every day for six fucking months. And I would bleed. I mean, I was totally anemic. And I, I literally went to the doctor, and this was that first doctor I had who was terrible. And I told her, I'm like, I'm bleeding every day. Like, I mean, I had to leave school at times, I was bleeding so much. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't okay, something's yeah. wrong. And she's like, oh no, it's just because you're an athlete and your body's trying to regulate itself. No. I was like, bitch! I'm like, <laughs> fuck no. Yeah. And then I didn't have it for three months, and then I had it again for another three months. Jesus. And so I was like, all right, yo, like this is fucked, like something's wrong. So I went back and I I was trying to do research and they're like, and then they told me they were like, okay, well, if we put you on birth control, this was a combo pill. So estrogen and progesterone. Uh, it'll help regulate your cycle. Cause they all just said it was me and my cycle trying to regulate. So I got on the birth control. It made me fucking gave me cellulite all over my fucking legs. It was terrible. And uh I wasn't really a fan of it. I didn't really like it. Yeah. You know, still didn't get an old period. Yeah. And after, like, eight months on it, I was like, this is trash. I'm not taking this shit. And I got off it. And then I literally didn't take any type of birth control until they gave me the progesterone. Uh, But that has a a specific reason for me. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't like hormonal birth control.
1: um, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan.
0: I think there's too many variables that can happen Mm -hmm. with
1: birth control, especially being an athlete. Okay, well, well, okay, think about it this way. When... As a male, okay, when you take a hormone, mm-hmm. at exogenous, 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 yeah, is exogenous hormone that was not made in your body, and you put it in your body. What happens to your natural test? It drops. Yep. It goes down because you're getting it externally. Yeah. What do you think is happening? Because your body's like, I don't need to produce this anymore. No, I'm getting it. What? Yeah. You think birth control is different? It's yeah. not. Yeah. You're taking estrogen, and then you're taking progesterone and it's it's coming externally so your body doesn't make it yeah and then when you come off of it what happens you are fucking tanked yep you are fucked and you have to do a lot of work to get those levels back to optimal ranges it's like people think steroids and birth control are different it's hormones it's all hormones it's the same fucking thing yeah and I mean I have a friend she's a naturopathic doctor and she helps a lot of women Mm -hmm. with coming off birth control because there are ways to get your natural levels back up there's ways to naturally help with pcos yeah there's nate there's ways to naturally fix hormonal issues yeah. you don't have to take fucking, you know hormones for it but uh the issue is, is so many women don't understand this yeah they don't get it they just think oh it's birth control yeah i'm taking this so i don't get pregnant yeah they don't realize like no you're taking hormones that are going to stop you from making yeah. hormones that may fuck you for the rest of your yeah. life i would i would highly recommend well one you should
0: be doing this anyway but if you're not on hormonal birth control or you want to get off of it there are so many apps on your phone i use one to track my period it's called flow Mm -hmm. this is a sponsor but if you want to slide us some money you know (laughs) Uh, i have i have clients who track their periods yeah yeah. uh track when you're fucking ovulating like get a good so so you can possibly avoid pregnancy or look into Mm -hmm. non-hormonal birth control options like Mm -hmm. if you are sexually active and you and you don't want to deal with the risk of getting pregnant like I don't, unless it's for something like, you know, like your PCOS or shit, that's, there's, I I just don't like hormonal birth control.
1: I'm not a fan, personally. Get off that shit. If you are a normal quote-unquote woman who does not have any hormonal issues, taking a hormonal birth control is going to do nothing but negative things for you. Yeah. It is not going to do anything good.
0: Because I, uh... I never really took the pill I, I got prescribed the pill yeah and I took it for like three days and I would always forget to take it because I just <laughs> like I couldn't do it like, yeah I either I wouldn't have it fucking with me even if I set an alarm on my phone or some shit like I'm not one to carry purse so yeah, I don't yeah. have I fucking carry around my phone and it has a wallet built into it yeah and all I have is my ID and my debit card yeah um but I was on the depot shot mm. which I think is banned in Europe oh shit yeah oh i think it is yeah because it decreases your fucking bone density mm. doesn't surprise me and it's it's a shot that you get in like your hip
1: area increases at every your bone density so it's got to be something with calcium something yeah yeah
0: and uh it was just a, a little shot with like an insulin needle that my mom would administer at home because she works in the medical field um and i went to her doctor's office and i it would stop my period because my periods were so bad i didn't want to deal with the cramps mm-hmm. anymore so that's mm-hmm. what i went to yeah because I was like I can't deal with this shit. Right. And I was on that for like two and a half, three years. Yeah. And my period was not normal for two years after that. Oh
1: yeah. Like that's not good. No. It's it, not good. It's funny so when I first started taking gear uh, I had a friend co-worker uh, who told me because I didn't understand like time on versus time off. What should I do? Yeah. What should I do? And he was like well if you really want to be like serious about it then time on equals time off yes so if you're on 16 weeks you should be off 16 yeah if you're on two years it's going to take two years to fix yeah so it makes sense that it took that long
0: yeah yeah it was it was a long fucking because it's like i would have my period and i'd have it a week later and then i wouldn't have it and then i'd have it for a week straight so it was like really i never knew when it would happen yeah and my my cramps kind of alleviated a little bit to Mm -hmm. where it's like you know when you're like about to get your period you're like you kind of feel it a few days before and you're like, oh, I'm feeling a little bit like I know it's probably coming on soon. I wouldn't get that. And mm-hmm. I would just be at home or somewhere and start bleeding. or go to the bathroom somewhere. I'd be like, I'm on my fucking
1: period right now. Yeah. You know, uh, so I, when I do get periods, yeah. cause they do pop up every once in a while. Yeah. They're horrendous. Yeah. They are terrible. Yeah. You know, cause when you don't bleed for a year and a half, when you do finally start bleeding, it fucking it's like the floodgates oh and it is so painful yeah i mean i jason will tell people he's like yeah if she's on her period like it rarely happens yeah but i'm not getting off the couch yeah like i am in so much pain Mm -hmm. like my fucking head is spinning i might feel like my legs are gonna be ripped off like it is incredibly painful yeah and i only ever really get them if i've been off gear like six months yeah and like my my i've been taking my progesterone every day and everything is like really good yeah. and i'm not stressed and then all of a sudden i'll just get a period yep yeah uh also with like the whole period thing too if if
0: your cramps are not so bad to where you're like debilitated like you right. can't get up i don't think that you should modify your training that much i no, like so it's actually shown
1: that exercise helps alleviate yes pain.
0: yeah and I'll, I'll, when we talk about hormones later in another episode, I saw another well-respected co- coach within the industry say that at one point in your period, your testosterone actually mm-hmm. raises mm-hmm. because there's many different phases of the period, mm-hmm. um, of your, of your cycle. And, uh, so my best advice, I would say training around your period is don't get married to a number oftentimes with powerlifting I mean, even bodybuilding too, you have like this linear progression mm-hmm. or percentages mm-hmm. or whatever that you go by. Right. I would say if you have a great understanding of RPE or IR, RIR, whatever you want to call it, reps and reserve, whatever, I would say go off of the prescribed RPE of that day. So let's say that you were supposed to hit 80% for a triple and it's supposed to be RPE seven you know, out of, you know, whatever, I would just say, work up to what you think is an RPE seven, you know, yep. like, and that you need to have a good understanding of your own training. Your coach needs to have a good understanding of your training and how you respond and, and what weights will be heavy to you and kind of take the data from the last few weeks and things like that and kind of create a trend to where, you know, about where you will fall. But like, even if, you know, I was, let's say I'm on my period and I had to do 30 to 50 pounds less than what my prescribed weight was that day. I'm still going to go hard as fuck on my accessories. There's many other ways that you can make up the loss of effort, the planned effort that
1: you were supposed to do later on that day. Yep. So, um, it doesn't have to be a, Oh, I have my period and I have to stay home. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah.
0: It's not a fucking like death sentence on your training for that, you know, specific day. So just like, fucking work around it. See how you feel. So yeah. Um, Let's go to the last question of today. Um, This is also going to be another planned episode Mm. that we have of its own and it's regarding mental health. So this person wants to know, how do you deal with mental health uh, effects on yourself um, when you're in strength sports, like coping tools in order to, you know, get yourself to keep going, get yourself in the gym. What if you have an anxiety or a panic attack within the gym? Or like, how do we kind of overcome those obstacles when it comes to training?
1: Okay. So it's not training that's causing the anxiety. It's like
0: just outside shit, depression, okay, okay, whatever the fuck, okay. you know.
1: So, uh, for those that don't know, I have general anxiety disorder and panic disorder. So, uh, this is a everyday fucking occurrence for me. So I have had panic attacks in the gym. I've had panic attacks in the parking lot. I've had panic attacks trying to just fucking leave the house to you go know, to the gym. You're like,
0: I'm fighting for my life. Literally, <laughs> literally, like you think
1: this is just a fucking yeah. mediocre shit. It's not. Yeah. But so I know firsthand how absolutely debilitating they can be and how fucking terrible they are. I don't wish a true panic an- or anxiety attack because there's a difference between an anxiety attack and a yeah. panic attack. And if you are having panic attacks, I truly fucking feel for you. And I'm so fucking sorry because I know how it feels. And I don't wish that on my worst fucking enemy. Um, But I have learned through therapy, which I talked about in our last episode. Uh, I've been in therapy for almost two years now. I go every week. And it is something that has helped me a lot in learning how to cope with my panic and learning how to cope with my anxiety. And anyone who tells you that anxiety can be cured i'm sorry but they're wrong you can't someone who has a disorder like a, a legit anxiety disorder you cannot cure it it mm-hmm. does not work that way yeah. anyone who says buy my book it'll cure your anxiety it's no it, you cannot cure it anxiety you how
0: to fucking deal with it better.
1: yeah <laughs> you just have to learn how to cope with it yeah and like i said for someone who literally deals with it every fucking day you have to learn what coping strategies work for you. For me personally, I one talk to myself. <laughs> I, I literally like I, I it can't be in my head. I have to physically say things yeah. out loud. Like I'm like, okay, Chandler, like you have to realize like your thoughts are not reality. Yeah. like when you start panicking, for me, I will start like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna die. I'm because I have many like triggers. I yeah. have a lot of triggers and uh I have to realize that my panic isn't reality so my thoughts that are fucking I don't know let's say uh Jason leaves the house yeah. right and I'm like fuck Jason's gonna get in a fucking car accident this is the last time I'm gonna see him what if he fucking dies yeah. you know and I, I can get myself worked up yeah I have to sit, take a step back and go okay yo Chandler yeah that is not real mm-hmm. that is you freaking out and take a few deep breaths and realize that your fear is not going to control your life mm-hmm. just because you're fearful. It's going to happen. Doesn't mean it is actually going to happen because mm-hmm. 99% of the shit that we freak out about doesn't happen. Yeah. So you it's have, like we're freaking out about shit that hasn't even happened yet. Exactly. Yeah. That's literally what anxiety yeah. and yeah. panic is. Yeah. It's literally, you're freaking out about the future. Me every day. Yeah. Yeah. Every second. <laughs> and it's, it's, I mean, it always, it does a lot of the time come from past traumas and learning how to heal those traumas and deal with the emotions that have been set so deep inside of you Mm -hmm. that it's fucking hard to deal with yeah when you learn how to deal with that that is when you can really start like understanding yourself and learning how to cope yeah so it's it's mainly about coping mechanisms yeah because like i said you can't cure it it's not something that's going to be cured but uh and it's
0: finding coping mechanisms that are going to be productive to helping the situation yeah to just forget about it or right put it
1: to the wayside drugs alcohol it's gonna no. be there when you're sober yes or whatever uh i didn't drink for two years wow yeah i when we moved here is when i first started being able to drink again because my anxiety was so bad that at any time I would do anything that would alter my state of mind it would freak me out. Yeah. I'd lose my shit because
0: you're not in control.
1: Of yeah, life. exactly. Yeah, cuz I would feel like I'm not you're in like, control. I am not in the driver's seat. Yes. <laughs> what literally, <the> literally. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of people that it's the exact opposite when they have anxiety they tend to steer towards, you know, smoking yep. or drinking or drugs or you know, medication and uh it just was the exact opposite for me yeah i couldn't do those things yeah. so now that i can drink it's actually like a really big thing for me because yeah. i'm like fuck like i'm in a good enough headspace to where i am able to enjoy going out and getting fucked up with yeah. you you know and <laughs> having a good time because i feel safe enough to have a good yeah. time see when i was diagnosed with anxiety disorder and i got a prescription for
0: xanax mm-hmm it made it worse for me actually really so like i'm able to take a xanax now and like chill out whatever because you know growth and whatever yeah i went to therapy and all that other shit but it made me feel it still made me feel like i wasn't in control because i was so like Mm. zonked out Mm -hmm. and kind of just like uh like going through the motions and it was like how much were you taking it was like a small dose yeah it was probably like I don't know what the fucking doses are now. I don't take any prescriptions anymore, but.
1: uh, So my prescription that they originally gave me yeah. was one milligram. I only ever took half.
0: I think mine was like a half milligram yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, But I'm also super sensitive to that type of shit. Mm-hmm. Like I would still even take half. Like yeah. I remember being prescribed muscle relaxers and it was like the lowest dose you can go and I still had to take a quarter. Yeah. Or else I was like
1: dead. I'm I'm the same yeah. fucking way. Like, I take literally, they tell me what to take. I'm like, I'm taking half of yeah. that shit. I yeah. It
0: pissed me off because like, fucking kids in high school or like college or ever taking fucking pills and like two fun. milligrams yeah. Annie's fucking and I be like uh, I, like st- I die a fucking paint dry on the wall. I know that's not I know. fun for me I know uh so it's like you know I know uh but yeah it made me feel like I just wasn't myself like I'm not in the driver's seat still yeah. so it's like I'm I, now I'm in the fucking trunk yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah yeah I have no idea what's going on like yeah. I can't like cognitively think like Mm. it was just it was a really weird that was also a really fucking weird time in my life being 16 to 19 was like
1: yeah it was a lot for me yeah
0: growing up um but yeah i uh i went to therapy i'm not in therapy now i need to start looking for a therapist to see out here though also a cool uh resource if you guys don't have health insurance there's a website called open path and it's like $59 for a lifetime membership and you have, uh, access to like a huge list of all these therapists in your area for discounted rates. Oh, wow. So you can find someone who's like 40 or 50 or 60 a session. And some of them too are still like students, like they're about to graduate. So they still have qualifications and experience in like therapy with individuals. Um, but it's just a lot less costly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, check out that website if you need help with that type of shit. It's, it's awesome. Um, there's also like, I'm sure you guys can look up a bunch of offices, uh, in your area too, that have student like therapists that are about to complete their, uh, graduation and whatnot. So um, finding
1: the right therapist is important. It yeah. is really important. And it can be hard because I went to my doctor several times. I got prescribed medication, took the medication was fucking terrible. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, bucephorin. Mm. And it's it's not an antidepressant. It's an anti-anxiety. Okay. And uh, it made my anxiety way worse. Yeah. Had one of the worst panic attacks I've ever had, which I will tell that story yeah. on our mental health episode. But um, then I got prescribed Xanax, and Xanax works really well for me. Yeah. Uh, I take it very rarely. I only ever really take it when I travel. Yeah. And I got prescribed it after I got into a car accident, and I couldn't, like couldn't calm down for a week I was uh disassociated for a full week damn so uh for those that don't know what that is it's like uh it's literally like you kind of feel like you're in a dream you literally like don't really have any emotion you aren't really feel attachment to anything you kind of just feel like a zombie and I felt like that for a full week and it was freaking me out Mm -hmm. because I didn't know it was wrong yeah and then I uh got xanax prescribed and i took half that half a milligram of xanax and 10 minutes later i felt normal yeah and i started bawling yeah because it was like a sense of relief that i hadn't felt and i was so fucking happy yeah and i was like oh my god like i finally feel okay but when i did that i realized i could get so dependent yeah if i looked at this as Oh, i'm gonna take this yeah. whenever i feel panic yeah i would have taken it every single day i think the big turning
0: point for me too is when i, I think i switched from xanax to another like anti-anxiety yeah bed. yeah and i remember my doctor this is like the turning point for me where i was like i'm not doing this anymore yeah he told me he's like you're gonna take this every day but if you just quit cold turkey there's this side effect this side yeah, effect fuck that you have to wean off like yeah I, fuck that. I thought about it and i'm i'm still like 17 at the time so i'm still young but like i had this like light bulb moment where i was like this is not the fucking answer yeah no it's not me. it's not i need to do a lot more work on myself yes. before i put something yeah
1: absolutely in my mouth to f- put a band-aid on this absolutely so after taking xanax and realizing how much it would fix me it also made me realize how fucked i was yeah because when you take something that is made specifically for someone with panic disorder yeah or anxiety disorder and it makes you feel better it makes it real yeah and it makes you realize like fuck like i really have issues like i really need to work on this yeah and so i went to my my uh doctor three times asking her to refer me to a therapist she didn't refer me to a therapist at all she goes oh here and hands me a packet with 500 therapists and their phone numbers every therapist in san diego and i'm like thanks i literally was like is this a fucking joke dude like i'm literally coming into here asking for help and you hand me a fucking packet yeah and you wonder why people kill themselves yeah this is why
0: that's why i like that open path website i talked about because like it gives you a full profile of what they specialize in. Yeah. They do like a little biography and you can see their picture. That's cool.
1: Yeah. So so, so it's kind of fucking judgy because I'm like, I know I'm not gonna like this person. I'm not gonna well, like, this. But no, it's but like It's true. It's true, yeah. I found my therapist on Yelp. Mm. Cause I went through, I'm like, all right, this bitch isn't gonna help me. Like, I I need help. Yeah. You know? And I've I always had a stigma around therapy, you know, because yeah. my fucking I grew up with a fucking Italian dad who's fucking like, anxiety doesn't exist. Figured out yourself. Yeah, Yeah, literally. Have a drink. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there was always a stigma around it. And I found my therapist on Yelp and she was, it was just cool because I read everyone's reviews. Yeah. And when I, I reached out to like five different therapists and I sent the same message Mm -hmm. and I literally wrote in my message, I was like, I'm desperate i can barely leave the house mm-hmm. like i fucking I, i'm in panic all the yeah. time help me literally no yeah. i said i said like I, I i need help yeah and there were five people and four responded with oh well i'll see what i can do dah, 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 dah. and the therapist that i have now she responded with come see me i can help you and i was like bam this yeah, is the girl. Yeah. Like her response was like, "No, I w- can absolutely help yeah, you.
0: Yeah, no, we'll see.
1: Yeah, I don't need a we'll see. Yeah, I need a fucking. I'm literally
0: an dying. Yeah. Like
1: I cannot live like yeah. this. And uh she was like, "No, come see me. We'll help. I'll yeah. help you. And uh she was great. She literally. I mean, I still see her every week.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And she literally changed my life. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Therapy's cool, man. Fuck.
1: If you go to the right therapist, (laughs) it
0: it is very good. I need to do that tomorrow. I'll put that on my to-do list. Yeah. It's like, it's not that anything needs to be inherently wrong either. It's just like fucking an oil change for
1: your goddamn car. I always thought of it as like, I go to the gym for my body. Why wouldn't I go to a professional for my brain? Yeah. You hire a trainer to tell you what to fucking eat and do. Yeah. Why wouldn't I hire someone who specializes in psychology to tell me how to think and how to fucking guide myself? Yeah. You know?
0: Exactly. Fucking... That was good. Yeah.
1: Was good. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Well,
0: fuck, guys. Uh, that wraps up our fourth,
1: fourth episode. episode.
0: So, uh, yeah, let us know how you guys like it. Uh, we're, our Both of our DMs are always open. Let us know if there's any other topics that you guys want us to cover, any Q&As that we will do in the future. We'll both post in our stories, the little question box, so you can say what's up and all that shit. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one.